I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a reason that in his first inaugural address during the depths of the Depression that President Franklin Roosevelt proclaimed, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. President Roosevelt knew that fear causes people to act unpredictably, to turn on one another, to hunker down, thinking only of their own survival rather than working for the common good. Fear can be dangerous. Yet, it's fear that we most often see in the stories surrounding the birth of Jesus. It's the reason we hear, fear not, and do not be afraid from angels over and over again. Before the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, an angel appears to the priest Zechariah, husband to her cousin Elizabeth. Zechariah is terrified when the angel appears and announces that in their old age, Elizabeth shall become pregnant, bearing John the Baptist. Zechariah demands proof and is stuck, struck dumb by the angel for his trouble. In Matthew's version of the story, Joseph learns that his betrothed is with child and fearing disgrace, he plans to dismiss Mary. Only when an angel visits him in his dreams, telling him not to be afraid to marry her, does Joseph find the courage to be faithful to Mary. When the angelic host appear to the shepherds in the fields announcing Jesus' birth, they are terrified. And it's only when the angel says, do not be afraid, that they are able to hear the good news of great joy. And when the wise men come to Herod asking where the child is, the king of the Jews, he and all of Jerusalem are afraid and his fear leads him into a murderous rage, calling for the slaughter of the innocents. Fear is dangerous. No wonder then that angels always lead with fear not. Fear is dangerous. We know that. But we also know that fear is often a perfectly rational response. Who wouldn't be afraid among us if angels suddenly appeared to bring us any kind of news at all? Who wouldn't be afraid if an angel arrived announcing that our whole lives were about to change? Who wouldn't be afraid if it seemed that the one we loved had betrayed us? Who wouldn't be afraid if our power and authority were suddenly in question? Fear was the rational response of Zechariah and Joseph, of the shepherds, even, frankly, of Herod. And fear is a rational response when life around us seems to have gone mad. Unstable leaders, a world always bent on war, 
technology changing faster than we can keep up. Fear is a rational response in our own lives when we receive alarming news that everything is about to change, our job is being downsized, or the test results aren't good, or our child or our parent or our spouse is choosing something that we would never choose for them. Fear is a terrible feeling. It can cause us to behave in unpredictable, dangerous ways, but it is often reasonable given the dangers, the unknowns that surround us. And so, when the angel Gabriel appears before Mary, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you, we might assume that her response is fear too. After all, the angel quickly says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And no wonder. A young, average girl awaiting her marriage, living in out-of-the-way Nazareth, hardly expects an angel to arrive, much less address her in the way that the Lord addresses the great heroes of her faith. And yet... And yet, Mary is not afraid. She is perplexed by the angel's words. She ponders what they mean, but nowhere does it say that she's afraid. She waits to hear what else the angel has to say. The angel Gabriel then spins out this awesome, life-altering vision. She will become pregnant. Her child will be great, son of God, who will reign on the throne of David over the house of Jacob, and his kingdom will have no end. Only after that does Mary speak. She does not ask why she has been chosen. She does not ask for proof. She doesn't ask when this all will happen. Instead, she asks, how can this be since I am a virgin? It's a practical question. <laughs> Not a fearful one. A practical question, but not an especially rational one either. The angel goes on to explain the details, the how of it all. The Holy Spirit will come upon her, therefore the child will be holy, son of God. And oh, by the way, your old barren cousin Elizabeth has also conceived a son, just as you will in your youth and virginity, for nothing will be impossible with God. And then comes Mary's response. It is not fearful. It is not rational. It is faithful. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. An angel announces the most incredible thing to an average girl. She asks one question and then responds faithfully. Yes. In her brief poem, The After Annunciation, the writer Madeline Leangle captures this moment. 
this moment for Mary, this moment for all of us in this season of Advent on the cusp of Christmas. This is the irrational season when love blooms bright and wild. Had Mary been filled with reason, there'd have been no room for a child. This is the irrational season. Had Mary been filled with reason or fear, there'd have been no room for the child. In this season, we are asked not to be fearful, perhaps not even rational, but to be faithful. God chose Mary and she is a model for us, an insignificant girl made significant by God's favor, normal but made special by God, facing an inexplicable announcement, confronting life-changing news, not with fear, but with faith. And in this irrational season when love blooms bright and wild, may we too find such faithful courage. For as the mystic Meister Eckhart promises, we are all called to be mothers of God, for God is always waiting to be born. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.